Are you wanting to be the best grandparent you can be? Are you looking for ways to be a positive influence and role model for your grandkids and point them to Jesus? Are you concerned about how your grandkids are being raised but don't know what to do about it? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. Thank you for your support, listeners. That enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. When our kids watch secular shows or read secular books, they'll often come across something that directly contradicts the Bible. And they'll ask a question like, is that true, mom? Did we come from apes? Is the earth billions of years old? Are there aliens on other planets? Our kids are growing up in a world that desperately needs the light of God's word. And it's increasingly more important to me that the resources I use to educate my kids are from a biblical worldview. This is why our family uses BJU Press. They offer trusted resources for homeschooling through video courses or parent-led instruction. Our family uses BJU Press video courses, and I love the fact that they are taught by knowledgeable and engaging experts in their fields. And what's really great about the video courses is that all three of our kids, including our first grader, can work independently and at their own pace. But if you would rather facilitate your child's homeschooling, if that's more your speed, BJU Press offers numerous resources so that you can manage the different learning styles of your child, know what your student is learning so you can influence instruction, and create a totally customized learning experience. BJU Press Homeschool offers resources to meet the educational needs of your family in a way that will equip your kids for a life of gospel impact. Just go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and get what you need to give your child a solid biblical education. Again, that's BJUPressHomeschool.com. I am Katie, and for those of you who may be new to the podcast, our guest today, Dr. Josh Mavahill, is actually a second-time guest on our show. If you missed the episode we did on setting boundaries with grandparents, we very much encourage you to go back and listen to that one. It was so good. We talked about how parents and grandparents can communicate on some of those issues that can cause conflict and division, such as discipline and food and entertainment or some of the three biggies, and how talking through those issues in grace-filled ways and setting boundaries can make all the difference in keeping unity and peace and family relationships. Josh did an absolutely outstanding job in offering biblical counsel and practical solutions in that episode. So we are very excited to have him back on the show today. Uh, Katie, before we get started, how about you tell our listeners who may have missed that other episode uh, a little about Josh? Sure. Well, Josh 
sorry, Dr. Josh Mulvihill is the executive director of Church and Family Ministry at Renew a Nation. He served as a pastor for 20 years. He has a PhD in family ministry, serves on the board of Awana, and is the author or editor of 10 books, including Biblical Grandparenting, and his latest book, 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home. He and his wife, Jen, have five children. Josh blogs at gospelshapedfamily.com. Josh, thank you for joining us again today. We're so excited to have you. It is great to be back, ladies. Well, Josh, we know that we have a lot of grandparents who listen to our podcast, and they are going to be really excited about this episode. But the majority of our listeners are parents with young children. So before anyone tunes us out, I would like to read a quote from your book, Biblical Grandparenting. The attitude of the younger generations toward grandparents should reflect God's attitude toward grandparents. In general, the Bible holds them in high esteem and suggests the later years of a person's life are a time of divine tribute. And then you go on to list the ways in which the Bible calls us, the younger generations, to honor the older generation. So Josh, can you weigh in on how our listeners who are not grandparents might benefit from your message today? I'll give you two reasons. Uh, one is that uh, you're going to gain crystal clarity on your parents' role with your kids, and God has given them a role. And um, as parents, we're the gatekeepers for what our parents get to do with our kids, um, and that can be both good and bad. Um, uh, you know, we are called to protect and to keep um, out some unwanted things, and that sometimes, unfortunately, needs to be. Uh, put into play with family members, um, but we are also called to open the gate and encourage um, and allow grandparents to have a very significant role when appropriate with their grandchildren, because God's given that to them. And it's a great blessing for all, all people around, grandparents, parents, children. The second reason um, is that one day we will likely all be grandparents. Um, hmm. Studies show that if you have a child, the the likelihood is in the high 90s that you will be a, a grandparent. And the average age of a grandparent, you guys know what it is? No, I have no idea. I'm sure it's much older now than it used to be. Oh, it just shocks a lot of people. Uh, 55? 40, no, it's actually 47 to no. 53. Yeah, I'm 44. Wow. Uh, actually, tomorrow I turn 44. Wow. Um, so I'm like getting <laughs> close into grandparent world yet. <laughs> wow. But you know, when, when I remember the day I held my first child wondering, what do I do? Um, mm. God, what would you have for me with this child? Uh, and that happens for a lot of grandparents too. Like, oh, wow, I have a grandchild. I love it. Uh, but what does that, what does it look like for me? And so, uh, you know, learning that early. So when that, the, that day comes for for likely for the majority of us, uh, we will be able to hit the ground running and be um, faithful to what God's asked us to in His Word. Hmm. That's good. Uh, Josh, so you and your wife, you said you guys have five kids, but you're actually not a grandparent yet, as you've just mentioned. So I'm curious as to why you felt led to write a book on grandparenting. You know, when I speak on this, uh, I stand, go stand on stage and I walk up, and you could just see the look on people's eyes as they see this young guy, and I actually had people that have come up to me and said, I expected someone a lot older. 
but you know, I went back to school. I was a pastor, and I saw how many parents were struggling to intentionally and consistently disciple their children in their own home. And as a pastor, I was trained how to disciple children and teens directly, but not how to equip parents. And so I actually went back to get my PhD to learn how to help parents. And in the process, uh, kind of God opened my eyes up to grandparents uh, as I was doing some reading and studying. And I went up to my professor and I said, you know, I assume there is a mountain of stuff out there uh, for Christian grandparents, just like there is for parent Christian parents. Can you point me in that direction? Mm-hmm. And uh, my professor said, you know, we really don't know. Um, that might be interesting for you to look into. So I did. And I found very little. I couldn't find a single church that was offering a seminar, um, a uh, a Sunday school class. Uh, I, I have since then um, found some churches that have been doing things, um, but it was really hard to find. Um, wow. There were about seven books uh, published at that time, most of them self-published and most of them on prayer. Uh, and there was hmm. was one DVD series on grand, Christian grandparenting. That was it. And one one ministry in the country devoted to it, Christian Grandparent Network. Wow. So you saw and, the need. Mm-hmm. Saw the need. And um, there are an estimated uh, 30 million Christian grandparents in the United States. I would say uh, that's a need. Yeah. <laughs> For more Absolutely. books about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, you know, really, uh, if we're honest, all we need is God's word. You know, it, it is the sufficient authoritative source for us uh, on parenting as well as grandparenting. Um, you know, Ginger, you've written a lot of great books. I've written a few. They're super helpful. I don't want to discourage people from picking those up because they help us understand and apply what God says in his word. Um but in that, uh, you know, I just think about all the helps I've had from, from godly authors who try to help us apply what the Bible says. And I just think, man, if, that, if there wasn't those helps on the parenting side of, thing, uh, side of things, uh, we would be missing out to a degree. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it's God, God opened my eyes and I decided, you know... Um, God, God spoke through a donkey. I guess he could speak through me. <laughs> well, I do want to say, Josh, your book, Biblical Grandparenting, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I encourage, I'm not a grandparent, and I was so edified by that book. So I encourage everyone, go get it, listen to it, whatever you can do. But it's, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that Christian parenting is influenced, for better or worse, by the culture around us, I'm sure that grandparenting is as well. I know you want to talk about what the Bible says about grandparenting, but before you do that, can you address what society has to say about it and how that's affecting general, sorry, generational relationships today? Society has some really strong messages about the role of a grandparent, which if we absorb those and live according to them, um, and, and I'm speaking of Christian grandparents, um, they they actually create some some distance relationally often between family members, and they minimize the types of um, spiritual, lifelong, eternal impact that grandparents really want to have with their grandchildren, but it makes it very difficult to accomplish those things because they've 
um, implemented a form of grandparenting that's really alien to scripture. Um, and, and I'll give you two examples, or I'll summarize in two ways, because I think this gets at it pretty well. In fact, I like two words, and those are independence and indulgence. Um, so indulgence, um, you have heard this all over the place, that a grandparent's job is uh, is to spoil their grandchildren, you know, have fun, um, but then send them home to where the real work of character formation and spiritual formation is done with mom and dad. And maybe they'll be a good role model, a good example, um, but they're kind of uh, the fun factory. And, uh, and so, you know, grandparents talk about spoiling grandkids a lot. And I, you know, I have no issue with grandparents having fun with giving good gifts to uh, my my children really appreciate that side of things from their grandparents. But when that becomes the, the, the totality of or the end goal for a grandparent, they've, we've just really stopped short of what the Bible has said. And so I, I like to say that God calls us um, not to necessarily give good gifts, but to share the good news. And, you know, what is our focus in, in the end with our grandkids? The second one is independence, and our society has really said to grandparents, you should live an independent life that is really um, separate from your family so that you don't overstep, you're not a burden financially, or you're not living with them, you're not, you know, you're not in their world in any way, Um, and in doing that, grandparents have often separated themselves, sometimes even geographically, or adult children have separated themselves from from grandparents in a way that it creates, um, it requires a lot of complicated bridges to be built in order to connect emotionally, um, physically, uh, and so you get um, what you get is a lot of reduced time. Maybe you get these holiday grandparents that see grandchildren on you know a couple big days of the year, but there's just not a huge presence in uh, in a grandchild's life. And of course, that a grandchild is missing out on something pretty significant mm-hmm. in their life when grandma and grandpa aren't there. And so I don't say that to cause. Um, guilt or so we as adult children can go point fingers at and see, see, see what you're not doing. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not the approach that I'm hoping for. But when we recognize, you know, maybe how I'm living is not really in alignment with what God's, God's wanting for me as a grandparent, really then we begin to realign our affections and our actions so that um, they are being lived in a way that um, that changes uh, the kinds of presence and things we do in our in our family's life. And so I've had, you know, I speak on this pretty regularly, and I'll have grandparents that come up to me and say, "Man, my home's for sale right now, and we were thinking of moving across the country, but all of our, you know, my kids and grandkids live here in town. Uh, maybe I should rethink that, huh?" Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, you know, if it's not, you know, if God's not calling you in, you know, for work or ministry or, you know, th- there's a re- there's a legitimate reason, um, yeah, then I think that might be a good thing to think about having a, a, a presence to be engaged in certain capacities. So that's just one example of how that's been applied. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's good. Uh, grandparents just have such an opportunity to have a positive influence on the grandkids. And it is such a special relationship when it's right. Mm. All right, on our podcast, we often refer to the Bible as God's holy instruction manual for parents because it provides us with specific instructions for training our kids. Uh, so, Josh, what does it say specifically is the role of grandparents? And, and what are some of those key passages of Scripture regarding that grandparent role? Many people think the Bible doesn't really say much on grandparenting, because if you go into a concordance and look up the word grandparent or grandparenting, you don't find many references. You see a couple, um, you know, smattered here or there, um, but not much. Uh, but So we need to look at what the terms uh, of the Bible are for grandparent, and there there are many. And when we start using God's terms, we see that it, there's a ton in the Bible on the subject. So phrases like children's children, son, son, uh, families, father's father, um, sometimes the word generation, um, these all get at what the Bible's instructions are, instruction manual is for grandparents. Uh, my two favorite passages is, uh, is Deuteronomy 4.9 and Psalm 78. I'm just going to read both of those real quick. So I just want you to hear from God. Yes. What he says is um, the role of a grandparent, and you can start to sense now that how does this shape how we interact with our parents, your kids' grandparents, or uh, grandparents interact with, with children. Um, so it says, only take care and keep your soul diligently, which I love the focus begins on the individual, their own walk with the Lord, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest you depart, from, they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Uh, make them known, or some translations say teach them, to your children and your children's children. So that big word, there's a big word there, and it's the word and. Uh, our job's not done as parents. There's a role that God has with children's children. And, you know, the, 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 this passage says, teach them or make them known. And so that's, we're starting to get at with that some of the, the role of a grandparent, the methods that grandparents are to have with grandchildren. And right there, Grandparents are told to make known to teach. Um, so if you're wondering what does that look like in your grandchild's life, um, you know, obviously teaching and making known can happen in many various ways. Um, but that, that that's uh, God's expectation right there. So the other one I said, uh, the other passage, it's my ultimate favorite. It's Psalm 78, and I'm going to read four verses. Um, you're going to hear. Uh, before I read it, I want you to listen for a couple of things. There's two methods. There's four generations, and there's one uh, overarching goal that this all happens. So I want you to listen for when you hear the word, so that, because we are supposed to do all these things that God's laying out, the two methods, so that something specific happens. Um, so let's listen to what that is. We'll not hide them from their children, but tell, so that's method one, tell to the coming generation the glories, the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. He's established a testimony in Jacob, um, and he's established a testimony in all of us, grandparents as well, to tell. That's the, that's the method. Um, our, our testimony is not the point. It's the pointer to God himself. And he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers. So antenna should go up. There's uh, forefathers, grandfathers. 
um, to teach to their children. So there's method two. We got tell and teach, to teach to their children, and listen to the four generations. So we have fathers teaching their children that the next generation might know them, and children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. So there you have, we have, it really, the Bible talks not just about grandparenting, but here we have great, great grandparenting. This is like a 120 year vision here, four generations. Like if that doesn't blow your head for family discipleship, <laughs> like, you know, it's 2022 right now, a hundred, thinking a hundred years from now as, uh, as a dad, 2,122 the, the things that we teach our kids today and our grandkids today can be impacting our families and this world for Christ a hundred years from now. And that's kind of the, you know, it's to perpetuate the faith that God, that God really wants to see that happen. And these those were his methods, te- tell and teach to do that. Uh, and then here's the, the so that. So that, we do all that for this reason, so that they should set their hope in God, so that's salvation, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, that they should obey the, the Lord. And this is why I think this passage is about family discipleship, uh, because it gets at the Great Commission here, you know, the, the idea of teach them to obey all that I have commanded. Um, we're kind of, we kind of have that kind of language here in a family-based setting. Uh, and so grandparents are a piece of that, uh, the, the role that God has for them. And so... Um, you know, there are tons of methods that God lays out specifically for grandparents in his word. And you could, you know, they, he gets very prescriptive uh, about not only what we're to accomplish, and you saw that there, but also how we're to go about that. And uh, and so sharing our testimony, like um, as, as grandparents, if, grand, if you're listening and you're a grandparent, have you shared your your story of how you came to faith, how God has provided for you over the years, kind of those faith moments that um, they help build a grandchild's faith by by putting faith in God himself. Have you taught the commands of the Lord? Um, You know, that's an act. You know, you think of the Ten Commandments, uh, teach these things to your children and your children's children. Um, that was in reference to Deuteronomy 5 and Deut- uh, the Ten Commandments there. And you, know, you think of the Ten Commandments, grandparents were commanded to teach those kinds of truths to a grandchild. And, um, and you could go through the Ten Commandments and look at don't lie, don't steal, honor mom and dad. Um, there's also some in there about faithfulness in marriage and uh, not coveting uh, neighbors uh, wife and uh, th- you know those kinds of truths. So grandparents even get to teach grandkids about marriage, which mm. wow, we need that today in this culture, don't we? Uh, the, sure. And and part of that teaching, honestly, those kinds of things come with faithful lifelong marriage that becomes a wonderful witness to a grandchild to see in a world where marriages are breaking up left and right. And we could keep going with this, but um, God's word is so rich when we start to really peel back what he says. And I would just want to encourage you, if you you heard that and you're like, this is kind of new to me, uh, go to a concordance, look up those words uh, that I mentioned, and just start to study what God has in his word for you. And um, and let that guide your interactions with your family. 
Josh, I loved what you said about how powerful it is for grandparents even to share their testimonies with their grandchildren. Uh, My dad actually does that every few years. He just did it a few months ago, had us all over, cooked us all steak, baked potatoes, and just sat all the grandkids down, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the whole nine yards, and just sat there and just shared, you know, what God has done in his life and God's faithfulness and really shared the gospel. And it's like you said, though, it's not about our testimony. It's not so much about our story, but about how we can tell our story in order to point those kids and those grandkids to Jesus and the great work that he's done. And so um, my daddy's so good at that. He and, and shares that his and my mom's testimony. And so it, you could just tell that the grandkids that did, it just is so powerful to mm. share not just who Jesus is, but what he's done in our lives and what he continues to do and all the reasons why we are to give him the glory he deserves. Josh, one thing in your book that really stuck out in my mind, and I remember I was driving down the road listening to it on audiobook, and you talked about this whole retirement mentality that we have in America, especially, and how it has completely changed um, the role of grandparenting in a lot of people's worlds. And now there are communities where they don't want young people living near them. And it's really morphed into something it was never intended to be this whole later years of life. And you talked about how the later years can be some of the most productive, fruitful years of a person's spiritual life. You know, they have so much to give to the younger generation. So I sort of wanted to just speak to the grandparents who are listening to us right now, that you are part of that fruitful group who are really, you're listening to this podcast, you're listening on how you can become a better grandparent, how you can help your kids become better parents. That is encouraging to me that we have grandparents who are listening. And I think that speaks to what you're saying, Josh. So mm-hmm. thank you it does. for that book. Yep. Go get that book. I'm not kidding. It's phenomenal. Mm. It's so good. And we'll put uh, links in our show notes to Josh's materials and books That's and right. all the good stuff. Um, Josh, can you offer some encouragement for the grandparents out there who are concerned about or maybe don't agree even with how their grandchildren are being raised? Yes. Um, I found a few things work um, decently well, and I shared this on the last episode. I'll just repeat it briefly. Um, I think blood speaks to blood, um, and that's helpful. That. By that, I simply mean it, for my dad, it, it's best for me to have a conversation first, that, you know, to broach that, and then bring my wife in. And for her family, she kind of leads, and then I join, um, just because of the you know typically the relationship that's there. Um, I've also found that unsolicited advice, we need to be careful with that. And uh, many times, um, you know, if you raised your children in the Lord, in the instruction of the Lord, I'm going to go out on a limb and say many of them know the truth. They've just rejected it. And so we don't need to hit them over the head with the truth. And this is where in the grace truth balance, which is sometimes hard to Mm. um, navigate, I tend to lean towards grace um, and that, um, you know, we, and and we have the perfect model in God, the father with all of us in God's word. And I will encourage you to go to the Bible and how does God, how, and we see this manifested in Christ's time here on earth as well. How do they interact with sinners um, and those that are difficult to be around? So, for example, Jesus ate with sinners. 
uh, so can we. So that means um, don't close off a relationship. As difficult as it might be, um, as hurtful at times as it might be, you know, there may need to be boundaries and, and limitations placed for just for health and protection. Uh, but we never want to sever that um, that relationship if possible. And I also suggest that um, sometimes the best impacts are had just by doing life together. And um, and the conversations sometimes happen and occur just as organic life happens. And so I'll just say if sometimes there's challenges, increase the time, which doesn't always. Um, seem to make sense in our head at the moment. But as we increase the time, we create additional opportunities that these kinds of things come to the surface and and conversations to have happen. And in general, my experience is that um, a lot of this stuff is just relationship-based. And so as relationships increase in health and depth and intimacy, the opportunity to have conversations and to see change also increases. So, um, you know, there's no like secret answer that I have for these hard conversations. Of course, prayer is there, um, you know, praying on our knees and inviting others to pray as well for difficult situations and relationships that need to be restored and adult children who have walked away from um, from Christ. Uh, I will encourage that. Um, but I, and I will say for people that find themselves in that situation, um, every day is a new day and nobody's out of reach of, uh, Christ and the gospel. And, um, and I will encourage not to lose hope and to continue to bring that individual before the Lord. And Josh, in today's society, it's becoming more and more common for grandparents to actually raise their grandchildren or to provide childcare multiple days a week, at least. How does that grandparent's role differ from that of a grandparent who isn't actually raising or helping raise the grandchildren? Uh, These grandparents are um, predominantly parents, so they're operating in a parent role. So I find... um, you know, what we would typically say to parents um, from a, um, you know, from a care, instruction, discipline standpoint, I mean, you're in that role now. And so um, the challenge, of course, is that grandparents have find themselves in this role. It is never expected. And so there's always grief. And um, they're often, you know, they're at a different stage of life as most of the their grandchild's friends um and so there's just a whole different world of emotional challenges that are there. Um, my encouragement is, um, uh, first, if you're a church leader, um, pay attention to who's bringing children into your church because you're going to see a lot of grandchildren that are being, grandparents are bringing in grandchildren. Um, and if you're a grandparent, I will say, let people in your church world know what is happening in your, uh, in your life and bring people around you for support. I find a lot of grandparents um, sometimes are ashamed, sometimes are so hurt by what has happened that there is a pulling away from or even sometimes an isolation. Um, And uh, and of course, that's the time when we need some um, some significant care. Um, Just from a mindset standpoint for a grandparent that finds themselves in this situation, uh, many uh, that I've talked to, uh, the mindset is inconvenience uh, because 
You know, when you're in your 50s or 60s, um, you know, many of us have an expectation for what life's going to look like. And this really blows that up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Starting all over. <laughs> um, and so the mindset needs to be moved from inconvenience to opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't mm-hmm. the one maybe we would have chosen, but in God's sovereignty, he has placed this child in um, in your stewardship, and there's an opportunity here to uh, invest and engage in this young person's life in a way that it in in a man. This is a this is a blessing to that child in a very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And grandparents really are the last line of defense in the family. I, and I believe that's by God's design. So when things fall apart in a home, really, you know, grandparents are there to fall as a fallback. Um, we never want to see that happen. But, um, but I would say, you know, step into that as much as possible. And your life, you know, the reality is your life's going to be different um, from that day forward. And so as with anything, you know, we embrace that, we make the best out of it, and uh, we step into what God has for each of us in that. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Josh. Josh, what quick tip do you have for our listeners today? I've got one for grandparents today. Oh, good. Yeah. And my my quick trip, uh, my quick tip is <laughs> one that my dad has done with my children that has been really meaningful for them. Um, so my dad lives um, an hour away, and it's just far enough that it's hard to get together too often. And so he decided he was going to do a once a week video call where they would each memorize, he would memorize one verse uh, with each of each each children, each child each week, and uh, he would memorize it, and so would they. And the they, he usually ends up the, that one memory verse ends up usually going about three to four hours of conversation as oh, wow. talk. And so not only is he getting to invest in them. Um, in that way, but he's also getting to build a relationship as well. Mm, that Love is it. precious. Good one. You yeah. have the best quick tips. I yes. loved your last one about the campouts. If I you know. didn't hear that, listeners, go back and listen to that one. That was yeah, awesome I just too. told someone about that recently. Yes, I, love, I love that. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Josh, this has been such an encouraging message. Uh, How can our listeners find out more about you, about your books, and about your ministry? You could go to renewanation.org. It's all one word, and everything uh, will be on that website. Excellent. Well, we'll have Heather put a link in our show notes as well where you can find all those resources. Um, How about you leave us, Josh, with a final word of encouragement? Yes, I will simply ask this question for grandparents, and that is, does your uh, your form or version of grandparenting look like what you heard from Psalm 78? Is it getting along those lines, or is it something different? And um, and if it is along Psalm 78, uh, more power to you. Keep up the great work. And if it is not, then I would say, what needs to be changed in order to come into alignment with what God has in His Word? Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Josh and Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or review? This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering both of her children's books co-authored with Al Rowland at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining, and Chloe and the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. Again, just use the code parenting at checkout and get 10% off both of those books. If you would like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And then you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or a two-day conference. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we will get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.